Athletic Range, part two, the three scales. I think by the end of this lecture, you're going to have a different perspective on strength, on how you go through sessions, and on what you need to talk to people about, or the internal dialogue, what you need to be thinking about. So in the part one, we spoke about remodeling versus rewiring movements. Is the body protecting itself against full muscle tendon rupture, like in this one on the left? Or is this movement a crampy kind of a movement? These are the extremes. It can be a mid-range movement, in which case you'll have equal amounts of both characteristics. The movement on the left is extremely anabolic. As we become more comfortable with it, we will use heavier weight and lower reps and we will use these kind of movements with heavier loads less frequently, like once or twice a week, because there's going to be a significant amount of inflammation caused and rewiring uh, that comes, uh, remodeling of the tissues that comes because you're already putting the tissue, the connective tissue under load, and then you're adding muscle tension on top of that. So they're extremely uh, high tension movements. Where in the movement on the right, it's, it's the mind-muscle connection. It's neurological. They're good for regenerating uh, the muscles. Now, at a certain load, if you just keep increasing the load, obviously there will be a point where the tendons are working hard. If the tendons are damaged and you're using a lot of weight, then, of course, you, know, you, you can flare up tendons with these sorts of movements as well. But the holy grail of strength and the way to improve someone's strength fastest is to improve the full range of the strength curve. This is the Charles Poliquin secret source. And the ATG difference is to take that a step further and take the range to things like these lying bicep curls and taking it to the extreme. And with this curl, we could even have him push the bar behind his head. So we're getting a bit more uh, shoulder flexion as well. Sometimes we really need these extreme inner or extreme outer range movements to get that resu results that we want in life. Other times we don't have to, but if children can do it, if it's the natural human condition, then I believe my experience is that we should, we should work towards that. We should use God's blueprint as our scaffold. We should work towards uh, how we would naturally put together what we are, our innate abilities were. The movement on the left will result in more laying down of connective tissue, new tendon, collagen into the uh, muscles. Okay, so then we have to consider also the speed of the movements. Okay, so the movement on the left, people tend to want to go slow through the eccentric. That is because there is a risk to the tissue. If you do those movements at high speed, then you're going to have a much higher chance of rupture. As you become more comfortable with the movement, you will be able to hand more, handle more weight at more speed, and that will make you a more resilient athlete. If you look at how Ben was doing some of his drop catch RDLs uh, a year or so ago, extremely high speed movements, basically the equivalent of this for the hamstring, and you know he was he was doing fine with them, where a lot of other people felt um, may have uh, suffered tendon issues as a result of those kinds of movements. Okay, so. That's our recap of, of lesson one. It took me 20 years to get this, and the feedback has been very strong that, yes, we're heading in the right direction with this. Um, yes, we are heading in the right direction with this, and 
yeah, like it's a just it's a new way of looking at strength training and it works, right? So we've all been kind of beating around the bush, like don't feel bad that you didn't kind of come up with this. It's like 20 years and looking at Ben's program and looking at a lot of, you know, other things has helped me to to arrive to this point, different bodybuilders, etc. But there is a better way to train and understanding this philosophy really, really does matter. Okay, so the least understood concept in strength is that we need to consider the connective tissue component contribution of the movement independently to the uh, muscular component. Okay, so we want to evaluate to what degree is this contributing, to what degree is that contributing, all right? So the hand cranking the wire here is the nervous system, okay? So we can train that ability to crank the wire. The wire is the connective tissue. The crank is the muscle, right? On the left, the guy is the nervous system or the muscle, and that stick is getting the job done. That stick is the tendon transferring the force into the bone, okay? So we need to look at, is the stick going to break or is the man going to break? Is the man the problem or is the stick the problem? And there's a third factor, which maybe some of you can guess right now. There's a third factor that we need to be considering when we're doing a movement. So is the reason why we're struggling, if you're watching the Mark Bell podcast or you're watching some of the content that's coming out on the other side of that, right? Is he struggling because the man isn't strong enough or is he struggling because the the the, the bar, you know, the bar is giving him feedback of, hey, don't don't go further with this or it simply um, can't handle anymore. So if we look at this uh, elastic band, this connective tissue component and say, oh, okay, how much is the elastic band, how much is the connective tissue component contributing to this exercise versus the hand cranking the, the pulley? All right. So the next step in this technology is to be able to quantify. Okay, so how do we quantify? We've been working hard on quantifying um, rate of perceived exertion in, in lifting, you know, lots of different scales for rating, you know, the, the total tonnage and all of these measures that we've been taking for strength training are really great and really valuable. And now we're realizing that there's at least one more that we need. There's another one that's kind of common, but um, not often thought about. And there's one more, I think, that we need to add. So this is just an evolution of, of technology, which is natural and that needs to happen. Uh, the, when we replaced the Nokia, when the Nokia arrived, it was fantastic, right? And modern strength training is fantastic. If we can find that next level, then even better, you know, much better for us, to us, etc. cetera. Um, there's, there's so much more possibility for results if we can get this right. So the three limiting factors are muscle weakness, connective tissue tension, or pain. Either the muscle isn't strong enough to produce the force or the connective tissues are giving feedback of, hey, this is too much tension, you know, shutting down the nervous system. Or there's a pain uh, feedback mechanism that's saying, you know, let's, let's not do this. If we evaluate each movement and each repetition on this scale, then we're going to get much better results. Too often, and you know, speaking from my own experience, and you might, you know, for yourself, you can you can judge. But if I could lift the weight or lift myself, then I considered that 
a completed repetition. I considered that a win. If you're watching CrossFit, if you're watching the Olympics, no one cares what the sensation on the connective tissue is. No one cares what the pain is. They just care that you get it done. But in the long term of training, what really matters is are you going to keep coming back and getting these sessions done? And so if we can identify, okay, we just need to be stronger or, okay, we just need a bit more connective tissue uh, ability to deal with this, you know, length for want of a better word, or is there pain going on here that's inhibiting? So if we evaluate these three criteria rather than just saying, uh, you know, are we strong enough to do it, then we will actually get a lot better results a lot faster. So is the muscle too weak to perform the movement? You know whether you're exerting maximal force and you just can't get it done. Very simple. The connective tissue, strength, are you getting that feedback from you like, oh, something's going to break here, like stop. If you're doing Jefferson curls, it's not often the nervous system that is like, oh, I can't lift this weight. It's like I feel like something is going to snap and there's too much tension here. Same thing if you do like a massive depth jump. The reason why, you know, jumping down off something that's more than taller than you, generally on a landing, you're going to get a collapsing sensation because the body doesn't want to produce maximal force to receive that shock or to reverse the shock. So it takes training. That's why that, the shock method in plyometrics works. But you're desensitizing this mechanism around the connective tissue. Same thing goes on if we're looking at Mark Bell and his sissy squats. It's the connective tissue that's telling him, hey, like that's that's all we've got for now. You know, we need to work on this, we need to normalize the movement. And you can see with things like the ability to sit on your own heels, if you do tibialis raises and get some life into the area, get some heat into the area, and then try to sit on your heels in the way that um, Mark did in his training with um, Ben, then you'll notice that you get more. Okay, so if you if you're if you brought heat into the system before you do this stuff, then there's going to be uh, more possibility for the movement. And pain is going to cause inhibition. Like we've all seen these atrophied limbs, whether it's after something's been in a cast or if it's simply just a pain uh, thing, there's different neurological conditions, etc. If there's pain, then the strength gains are not coming. Like that's the point. If you're just pushing through pain, then it's much harder to get strength gains. Yes, you know, you can... You can persist and you can get things done, but you can still have muscle atrophy in certain areas and you compensate in other areas. I know for me, getting to 160 kilo squat, I could get there. I got to 100 kilo snatch, but my body was creating all kinds of adaptations to get around the weight because my quads didn't like receiving that weight. And I used to watch other people snatch and other people lift and think like, man, how do they do that like that? Like that would really, really hurt me. Uh, and my knees like to squat like that or to snatch like that and therefore I didn't have the quad development simply because I didn't you know I just lifted the weight I was just thinking as long as this is fine then then everything's good I didn't understand how to build this and therefore I had this and you know the results show you know I had pain as a result so do we need more muscle force do we need more connective tissue strength or do we need to decrease pain and inhibition this is what we need to analyze okay so if muscle force is the major issue then we want to look at that neural connection and um, building more uh, mind muscle connection if the connective tissue is shutting us down 
then we want to put more effort into those long-range movements. And, and then if there's pain and inhibition, then we need to do things that are going to bring a lot of circulation to the area and you know, bring health back, back to the tissue. So super high rep stuff, very low intensity um, and you know, long-range movements, that needs to be the focus. So the way that we deal with, for example, Mark Bell getting his sissy squat, he doesn't need more neural drive. He's not going to need like the Patrick step ups and whatnot are not going to be the key for him. Where a guy with you know super skinny legs, then getting size on the legs through the VMO squats, you know through the high volume of of the step ups, they still still can build size if you do enough volume on those shorter range movements. But if we're also working on the human knee extension, then the the sissy squat will be there. But for 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 Mark. You know, so you can build strength also through the through the outer range for sure, um, and it's specific to the goal. Um, for athletic force, then yeah, those step ups are going to be super super valuable because that's a more specific position, and you're going to get the neural gain. But if the size isn't there, or if the connective tissue is the issue, then we need to focus more on the on the structural change, which is going to come from structural movements. Okay, so for Mark Bell to get his sissy squat. What's going to work best for him is to work on the single leg um, human knee extension, that bottom position. You know, that's going to be the fastest way. Basically, for, for me, an upgraded version of the um, couch stretch, right? So by working on couch stretch, that's going to be the thing that's going to bring him towards the sissy squat, as well as working partial range of motion, where each set able to go a little bit lower, uh, if you can couple that with something like the split squats, you know, for Mark, that would work really well to really open up that back hip flexor. So rather than doing the full uh, the full split squat, we might just have him, you know, hold some of those bottom positions, um, work on lengthening the hip flexor so that the hip flexor isn't getting in the way so much. All that tissue tension in the front of the body, uh, even the, the kneeling uh, sit-ups from the anterior chain series would fit really well in there. All right. So the connective tissue is the key focus. Um, but if there is pain, then, you know, sleds will be the big thing that will make a difference. So if we did a lot of sleds and then slowly warmed into the, 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 the KOT squat or the sissy squat, then he's going to be able to, to get there faster. Um, if we can shut down that pain, get a lot of heat and warmth into it, then, you know, maybe he actually hits the movement on the back of that. Okay, so we've got this troubleshooting ability now, all right? Is the muscle drive the issue? Is the connective tissue the issue? Or is it pain that's causing the challenge? And if the answer is one, then the the next actions are different to if the answer is two or if the answer is three. So we want to know the reason why someone can't perform the movement. Um, if it's on Nordics, for example, for myself, I was able to complete lots of full reps, um, but I started to cause connective tissue injury by going too hard, too often, etc. you know, basically super maximal, creating extreme amounts of tension in the bottom by speed out of the bottom, uh, which we're going to talk about the qualities of tension in the, in further on in this series. But the, the type of tension that you create to cause these connective tissue adaptations is is also important. So you can create a lot of tension 
by moving really fast, or you can create a lot of tension by using a lot of a lot of load, a lot of force. Um, so if you're hitting out of the bottom of those nodics, then it becomes very connective tissue dominant exercise, and that can that can cause issues, which caused pain. And then the most important exercise for my nordic was to be doing um, banded hamstring curls and you know the inner range hamstring work to bring life back into the area um, that was injured insulted right so there's based on that was what was going to work best for my nordic at that time and um, so based on the challenge that you're facing is depends on what the best next course of action is all right so let the limits drive the program uh, let limits drive the program means wherever the limit is that that's what determines the next step okay so this is your dexterity to be able to use the tools appropriately in the environment that you're in okay so what makes this impossible for most athletes well it depends can be the strain there's just not enough ability to produce force in that outer range position like literally like i just can't produce any force there a lot of people feel like that on the human knee extension where it's like it doesn't hurt i just can't produce the force in this stretched position another reason the reason why a lot of people can't get into this position is there's just too much connective tissue tension and so it's going to take a lot of load or a lot of time or both to change the connective tissue um, the other reason could be no it starts to hurt on the way down all right so the pain can be when we're talking about pain, so now we're going to go into these three scales of how we actually rate these things so we can make it more more useful, more practical, right? How are we going to use this in practice? We get this idea of like it's either muscular, it's connective tissue, or it's pain. That's limiting things. With the pain, it's generally localized and it's unilateral. There may be swelling or redness after. We're not going to train or treat pain. That's not our thing. But we need to be aware of it so that we can do other things, Right. So it's important if you're doing a movement with someone and it's like they can't do it, then you can say, well, you know, on, on a scale of one to five, how much pain are you feeling there? Between significant, you know, it's painful, significant pain, slight pain, positive feeling of tension or no no pain. Um, so if, if you can kind of get this rating from people of like, yeah, I think if I did a lot of, like if I think if I keep going with this, like it's probably going to get sore, um, then, you know, it's going to be around that two or three sort of um, scale. It's quite intuitive of like if one's no pain and five's painful, where are you at? Um, that is better feedback to get when you're someone's doing their Jefferson curls or their sissy squats because you don't know if you don't ask, you know, why – What's the limit on the on the on the movement? Same with muscle. Okay, so is this an all-out effort? Is it challenging? Is it in the sweet spot? Is it insignificant or is it negligible? The question of can you train every day? Well, it depends. Of course, one and two, you can train every day. Three, you can train every day. Most days. Four and five, you can't you can't train every day, or it's very, very difficult, taxing, high risk, very few people will survive it. You might want, you know, you might need supplements, etc., to get through it, right? So, on this muscle scale, how hard are we working here? Because so sometimes people could be doing their Jeffersons, or they could be doing their lying bicep curls, and they're like all sorts of strain on their face. And you say, like, how heavy is this for you? And they might say, well, two or three, because it might be that 
all the pain is coming from tension because it's bilateral. They can they know it's connective tissue. It's not like one specific spot on one side. And they say it's just a lot of tension. You know, it's ma- maximal in terms of tension, even with a moderate load, right? So this is um, a new way to look at judging the training effect and, and what we're actually doing. And it's very different for different people in the same movement. Is it the connective tissue that's holding you back? Is it the muscles that are holding you back? Or are you experiencing pain, right? So if we generalize this scale, it's stuff that's, you know, going to give a high, imp- uh, no impact through to extreme training effect, maximal training effect. Now, yes, doing stuff that calls on all the body's reserves uh, will, I've got a, a typing error in there, apologies for that, but that will um, cause issues if you go for maximal all the time we want to be doing most of our training around this like three and four and the ability to be patient with that and to not hit these fives all the time is what's going to make the difference if you're going to fives then you need to be really 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 smart about it um and the same goes with you know if there's if you're experiencing pain like we're aiming for zero we're aiming for no pain uh or the you know the one in terms of this scale um, but if you're getting this score off people, then you're going to have more dexterity about what to do next. If it's one or two, it's very different to if it's a four or a five. So can you train every day? Like this is kind of a question that goes around all the time. It just depends on how much insult is happening. You know, if you see Ben jumping off these ladders and, and doing his sissy squats and whatnot, doing these things, you know, there's some of these movements that you can probably do every day there comes a point where it's just not that much work for his connective tissues. It's not that much work for the CNS. There's no pain. So therefore you can do it every day. Like people do parkour every day, like maximal depth jumps, uh, et cetera. And people will get to the point where they're doing it every day. It's because for their connective tissues, it's only a two or a three. Whereas for most people's connective tissues, it will be a five or a six. Like they're just like, they're literally going to break, you know, straight away. And if you try to do it multiple days, like it's not going to happen. You get extreme soreness. So it depends on the preparation of the body. So I think that is also a really important concept for us to understand. Of like, yeah, you can do CC squats every day as long as they're really easy for you. Like if they don't take much strength and the connective tissues are not under significant strain with it, then then go for it, right? That's the thing to understand with uh, expanding athletic range is it's it's relative to you and how much effort it requires from you, how much tension you are creating. All right. So now we have a better framework to look at what's going on and why these movements, why we can do these movements or why we can't. Um, so we've discussed what we do training Mark Bell. My goal is if you are the one to train Joe Rogan, if you are the one to train Mark Bell, if they send their friends to you, I want you to get it right. Now, following the protocols is going to work. But if you don't understand why you're doing what you're doing, then chances are, in my experience with coaches, like you're going to veer off in all sorts of different directions. So my goal is to equip you maximally. So if you're working with LeBron James and there's a troubleshoot, you don't just go like, oh, he didn't teach me how to do that and I don't know what to do next. I want you to go, oh, okay, it's a tension issue. Okay, it's a pain issue. Okay, it's a um, muscle, you know, neurological drive strength issue 
and take the appropriate action uh, from there. Okay, so Mark Bell would need more tension work, which means get it really warm, and then the kneeling squats progressing towards the human knee extension, the single leg um, human knee extension position um, will be really, really valuable to work towards uh, with, with Mark Bell. So going unilateral to increase the force and things like the kneeling squats as and when he's ready to do that. Is it pain or is it tension? I, I didn't get into asking that question. I don't know what was actually going on there. All right, so for Ben, what's his next progression? Looks to me like it's about muscle, right? So as Ben's maximal squat goes up, I think you're going to see him going into and out of these uh, natural knee extensions and um, KOT squats with more speed and power, um, you know, progressing towards single leg feats and whatever. Like it's already obviously at extremely high level. What he's doing is already throwing down massive dunks. But the area for him to improve would be that. To put myself onto the spotlight a little bit more, um, human knee extensions, VMO squats, partial repetitions, like I kind of need it all to have um, better CC squats. I need to take some tension out of the front, probably adding in the ATG um, pause stuff as well. Take some tension out of the front uh, and get stronger legs. And then just practice the movement would be how I'm going to get better at these. All right. So the protocols definitely work. I'm not questioning or challenging, you know, your use of these. And I want you to understand every movement, exactly why it's there um, and, and exactly which direction to, to adjust it based on what is going on. Do you need more load, less load, more range of motion, less range of motion, etc.? Where should the emphasis be? That's my goal with this is to give you ultimate dexterity so you can get amazing results with yourself and with everyone who crosses your path. I do believe that ATG coaches are going to change the way the world trains, uh, whether we like it or not. You know, Ben is dragging us along for this journey. Our job is to show up with deep knowledge of what we do, to really know our craft, to be able to speak to the physio or the team doctor, the, you know, the physical therapist, and to be able to explain what we're actually doing, you know, where the you know where the scale is, where the next direction needs to go. I don't know of people speaking about things with this terminology, but I do think that this terminology is the future of, of strength training. So athletic range, it, it just has to happen. You know, coaches need to understand this, and athletes are calling for it. Athletes are asking for their coaches to know this stuff and to understand it. So apply the three scales to your own training, your awareness of what's going on inside your own body and in coaching others. And I believe that we will achieve this objective of improving human ability on a massive scale. So I hope you enjoy that today. I'm really looking forward to your feedback. I'm also happy for you to share this with other coaches who you think uh, may get a deeper, better understanding. Ultimately, it's going to be the Real Movement endorsed coaches that are going to go out there and change the world. We want everybody to have uh, this knowledge and those who will apply it with us and do the work and show up uh, are going to be the ones that uh, get out there and make a difference in the world. So, uh, yes, looking forward to your feedback and let's make the world a stronger, more able place. Mm -hmm.